Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. Life, love, and liberty. I trust that you are having a magnificent fall day. It is so beautiful in the city of Atlanta. We are living just high on the beautiful weather hog here after a hellacious summer. So I am soaking every second of this up that I can on every patio I can find. Any outdoor dining I can find, uh, you know, sitting on a park bench, uh, just getting out and walking. It's just magnificent. I do hope that you're doing the same, taking advantage of the beautiful weather wherever you are, um, especially if you're here in the state of Georgia with me. It has been, oh my goodness, um, just a mess here. So I want to talk about power versus authority or power and authority. Okay. Just ever so briefly, uh, a new friend of mine asked me if I'd ever touched on this and I don't think that I have. And after reading a headline today, uh, regarding Twitter employees who have vowed to, you know, keep the culture of Twitter, they, they, they see themselves as the arbiters, the curators of the, the otherwise protectors of what they perceive um, as safety and a non-harmful environment where words are concerned, right? And, and most of us who are on the truth-speaking side of life realize that there is nothing that remotely resembles our constitutional rights and our and our inalienable rights more more importantly of having an opinion and being able to practice our uh, right to speak and think and move and breathe freely within the you know confines of the constitution but particularly as it relates to who and how what and how we practice our faith Right. And so speaking truth is part of practicing one's faith. Speaking scripture, right? Speaking words of uh, godly affirmation, that's part of your, not only your constitutional right to speak freely, but to also practice your faith, which Congress is not to infringe upon by creating laws regarding the church. That is, that is what all the brouhaha and the, and the miss, miss, dis, dis, all information around the separation of church and state. Well, yeah, they're supposed to be kind of like not forcing people to, you know, business owners to do things that go against their conscience, their, their faith conscience. Right, we find ourselves in courts across the land regarding you know a new religion that has sprung up in the past ten years that is demanding that everyone convert or die. Either you convert or you're canceled. 
right? Not very, not very tolerant of that industrial complex, but that is what it is. And so Twitter employees have, have put Elon Musk, the, uh, the future owner, very near future, uh, owner of Twitter. Uh, his acquisition is, is scheduled to, uh, move forward. And so the Twitter employees who are currently there, who see themselves as the great champions of, you know, holding that little matchstick that goes out ever with every tweet of a conservative, I dare say, um, they have made it clear that they're not going to budge. <laughs> and that while he has promised to fire over 75% of the current Twitter uh, staff, they have said, well, good luck with that. This is where we stand. So, so I wanted to talk a little bit about power versus authority. And this is going to be a very brief conversation on this, okay? So the first thing that pops up when you go to the Google sphere is power is the capacity of a person to influence others and alter their actions, beliefs, and behaviors. Interesting. However, it's important to note that there's a difference between power versus influence. Authority is the, is the, and now we're moving over to authority. Authority is the legitimate power that a person or group is granted to practice over others within an organization. Authority versus power. So power, according to this, is the capacity of a person to influence others and to alter their actions, beliefs, and behaviors. Now, you will, in my humble opinion, there are many many crossing points in, in different aspects of our society where power and authority do collide. And you see that happening within this conversation of Twitter right now and this acquisition, okay? And it's very important to pay attention to these nuances because the, the power that these folks have at Twitter come from a perceived and self-granted authority over what you say, what you feel, what you think, what you know, and what you believe, ultimately um, lending itself to what you practice, right? What your reality becomes is heavily influenced, otherwise known as, you know, this power that they wield over us in a perceived position of authority, very interesting because just about every institution we have, uh, whether it's boards of education, it's your court system, uh, you know, election boards, election integrity, you know, period Congress, your legislatures, the Senate, the Oval Office, your military industrial complex, your DOD, your um, Department of Homeland Security, your DOJ, you, you've got many cross this intersectionality, if you will, of power and authority, right? And we see people attempting to exercise authority where there's no legitimacy to their authority. And so that's why when President Trump was president, the Democrats started 
nearly the second he was elected with, he's illegitimate, he's illegitimate, he's illegitimate. So you plant those seeds and because they have power within the, within the institution of media, it began to plant seeds and influence others to alter their actions, beliefs, and subsequently behaviors, right? And so whenever people don't believe fundamentally that someone has the authority because they are illegitimate, it is human nature. If you, if you do not subscribe to a higher authority than man, which tells you to chill the out while things are being exposed, while things are um, being contended with on a spiritual level and, and long enough for you to stay sober enough to exercise your constitutional rights, which were in fact put in place by, I believe, the author and the finisher of our faith our justice, our equality, all those things that we hold dear as Americans, right? So when you, when you hold fast to a higher authority known as your creator, right? Someone who set the stars in their places, someone who set the boundaries of the sea, someone who created the seen and the unseen, Someone who has the power to cast us into eternal darkness and, and, and fire. Someone who had the power to raise himself, his son, by his spirit from death back to life more abundant in eternity. That's pretty powerful. Right, I don't. I don't know of any man or or woman who has the power and the authority to do so. Although we have been granted by the power of the Holy Spirit, and this will go off in a whole other show. But as Christians go, we have been we have been blessed by faith and by unction by 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 our Father's mercy and grace and by His desire to send His Holy Ghost forward uh, and to impart to us His grace through His written word, otherwise known as the person of Christ as well. And so that that bestows upon us as His sons and daughters born through that blood and water that was shed here on earth in the promises of the unseen, right, being made manifest in the seen, and us, and we by faith, we by faith are now adopted, whereby we we now call him Abba, which is otherwise known as Daddy. It's a it's a term of end, of endearment of affection. It's a, it's a, and that doesn't mean that we you know look at God as our bestie. Now it, that's not what I mean at all. It's that we're still keenly aware of who is the creator and who's not, right? But but he has bestowed spiritual authority and power to us as his offspring in and through the name of Christ, Yeshua. And and there are there are and I could 
we can talk about names another day. But that's very important to understand because when you understand who and whose you are and the power you actually carry and can wield as well as the authority because you've been granted that by your creator to actually exact here in this earth, then it becomes incumbent upon us to really humble ourselves and understand the weight of carrying the glory of a perfect father. It doesn't mean we take the glory. It means that we carry it so we share it with a broken and dying world that has no idea what actual power and actual authority is. And they've, in many cases, have abdicated their own personal autonomy and and it, in the, and they think that it leads to the road of freedom, but it actually leads to the road of folly, right? And so between power it, it being the capacity of a person, and I dare say persons and entities, to influence others and alter their actions, beliefs, and behaviors, one of the, one of the main reasons why I keep encouraging you to get off of specific social media platforms, but at this point, it's, it's all of them, right? They're all Petri dishes, of they're all microscopes, right? And we're all in the dish. And, and and it wouldn't be such a nefarious thing if people weren't using the intel and the information about you as a created being to attempt to create this Frankenstein existence. And that's nothing new either because Satan did in fact tell our father, I will exalt my throne above yours right before he got the boot to the earth. So this is nothing new. Right? Tower of Babel, nothing new. Giants in the land before the flood coming down here and laying down with women and creating giants, angels lying with women, nothing new. So this whole artificial intelligence and you know that has a form, and I'm not saying that all of it is 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 terrible. What I'm saying is that there is a component to it that is extremely nefarious that will ultimately seek by virtue of the institutions I just, I, you know, the aforementioned, um, they will seek to control you with that information. So the more we become digitized, the more visible we become our habits, who we are as, as, as creatures of habit, habit, to be quite honest with you, creatures of comfort, creatures that remember that Maslow's hierarchy of needs that I talked about a few weeks ago. If you missed that, you can pull it up in my archives. I also discussed it on Wayne Dupree's show. Um, he was very kind in having me on as a guest a few weeks ago. And this was my point, is that when, when these fundamental needs of all humans are, when we look to man to facilitate them or to otherwise fulfill them, right? When we look to anything outside of our creator and that personal relationship through faith in the written word that tells us the actual truth, Right. And through fellowship with one another and with people who have, in fact, been granted and and blessed with the um, authority, earthly authority in the body of Christ to administer um, the, the, the sacraments of the body that are so crucial for the body's health. And I don't say that as a Catholic, and I don't say that as an Orthodox Christian, although I was raised as an Orthodox Christian. 
I say that as a Christian, as someone who is a Christ follower, someone who reads the word and understands that that horizontal fellowship is is equal. It's boy, that's a tough one. It's not that it's equally as important, but because your vertical relationship with your father and his son and his Holy Ghost are crucial to your existence, but it is in into your eternity, quite honestly. But it's but it's not but it's not entirely your pyramid is not complete without the fellowship with one another. And I know that's true because it's in the harmonies of the scriptures, right? When first John tells us, I love the apostle John, when St. John, when, when he tells us in first John that we are to pray for our friends and not to hold grudges, right? To pray for our friends as Job did. And Job prayed for his friends because uh, God had told Job's friends, I've got a major problem with you and you need to get your high tails over to uh, to Job's because he's going to pray for you uh, before my judgment comes down on you because you spoke, you misspoke about me. So I'm very cautious about what I say because I don't ever want to misrepresent our creator, especially as someone who I love words and I, and I take them very, um, I take them, I consume them like food for my soul because that's how I see Christ. Right. And so I believe that Christ has the end all be all authority. Now for many years of my, my Christian walk, I professed Christ but I had not relinquished my own self-will and authority to the point of being able to say, not my will, but yours. And that's when you know that he is, in fact, the, quote, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D of your life. And that takes practice, especially for someone who was raised um, in an environment of that was that fostered rebellion and and not because my parents were unloving it's just a long story <laughs> and you can read my book to find out why and you can download that at amazon but or buy it from my website monicamatthews.com um but it bred it bred a sense of rebellion and we live in an age of rebellion and how do I know that? Because everyone believes they hold the power or they're ready to abdicate their personal, uh, the powers that we do have in the way of our um, decision-making, our votes, uh, you know, our system, if you will, that is set up here that gives the power to the people, to be quite honest with you. And so people in positions of authority have exercised a form of power to convince humans that they are not as powerful as they actually are, which has us in an inverted um, pyramid and, and really in a, in a dive, to be honest with you, as a nation. And so it's very important to understand who holds power and who holds authority. And, you know, I would just submit to you in closing that your, your authority 
you know, the authority we give to people and to others um, will only serve us to the extent that we first submit ourselves to our ultimate authority and to the one who holds the ultimate power, right? Amen. Yeah, so I want to read a little bit of this because I want to read a little bit of this letter. It's an open letter from the Twitter employees to um, to staff, Elon Musk, and board of directors. We, the undersigned Twitter workers, believe the public conversation is in jeopardy. Uh, Elon Musk's plan to lay off 75% of Twitter workers will hurt Twitter's ability to serve the public conversation. Now, I want to preface this letter with this. You're listening to someone who has been shadow banned. I have been doxxed. I have been reported. I've been falsely accused. I've been slandered. I've been defamed. I've nearly been canceled altogether on this platform that is allegedly here to, quote, serve the public conversation. Okay? All right, I'm going to carry on. A threat of this magnitude is reckless, undermines our users and customers' trust in our platform, and is a transparent act of worker intimidation. Now, pay attention, okay? Because this is like the two-year-old who believes that they're stamping their feet in the corner because they don't believe that your authority, that, that not only is your authority not your authority as parent, but you don't have the power to actually exercise your authority, right? This is the generation's mindset, and in, 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 like we are living in this 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 playpen of thought and feeling, that, and it feels like we can't escape it because they are in positions of of power. They're not in positions of authority, in as much as we do not allow them to infringe upon our rights but they are in a position of power because they have the ability to influence other people's and alter other people's behaviors and thoughts and acts, all of that. They influence things. They influence our society in this whole paradigm, right? All right, so interesting words. It's a threat. That's a highlight that word. It's reckless. It undermines. They believe that they are trustworthy and their platform is trustworthy. And they believe that it is intimidation. Okay. So they're setting up a case here for themselves is really what they're doing. Twitter, I'm going to go on. Twitter has significant effects on societies. Yeah, no kidding. And communities across the globe. I'm going to read that again. Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe. As we speak, Twitter is helping to uplift independent journalism in Ukraine and Iran, as well as powering social movements around the world. Now, all of that sounds like kittens and rainbows, doesn't it? I mean, I can see the bubbles flying out of out of the little dinosaur with the, I'm sorry, the unicorn, you know, just bubbles coming right out of his rear end, right? Because that's how that sounds. We're doing such a great job of supporting independent journalists and giving women of Iran and the youth of Iran and people who deserve to be free, we're giving them a voice, right? Well, actually, 
who is who is actually doing that? Well, that would be your VPNs and and Starlink to to a degree, as I understand it, or soon to be. And so that's who's actually giving the voice, right? And so we also understand who's still on Twitter's platform. And that would be folks who are in no way, shape, or form about freedom and justice and equality for all. We do know that from from a myriad of from different nations, right? Particularly in the Middle East. We're talking egregious folks who are still on the platform. We're talking about people who hate Jews to the point where they will call for genocide in almost every Twitter space they run. So this is people from, you know, heads of countries down to, you know, your your ballers and shot callers in the urban world um, of Twitter spaces. Those folks are still on Twitter, right? But this is all about um, safety. So Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe. If you are an attorney and you're listening to this broadcast, please make note of what I just said and, and cut. Co- download this letter, copy it, especially if you're involved in any kind of lawfare regarding social media, please highlight this. Twitter has significant effects on societies and communities across the globe. Yes, it does. All right, I'm going to carry on. A threat to workers at Twitter is a threat to Twitter's future. These threats have an impact on us as workers and demonstrate a fundamental disconnect with the realities of operating Twitter. They threaten our livelihoods. Yo, yeah. How does it feel? Uh, access to essential health care. How does that feel? Remember whenever you Twitter workers were telling the world that it, you were silencing people like me and many others who are actual physicians and nurses who were in real time witnessing what was actually happening on the battlefield of this bioweapon that was released in the way of COVID-19 and you were canceling and silencing people as well as deeming people false information bearers and disinformation curators because and canceling folks at the same time because they actually had the information that you were twisting and mangling. So that's pretty amazing that now all of a sudden you're worried about essential health care when people have effectively been fired from their jobs. They've been fired from health care. They've been fired from the military. They've been discharged. I mean, you name it, it has happened because of you, the arbiters of truth, you know, an information that you deem to be the proper information, and we already know why that is. Um, okay, I'm going to carry on. Oh, and the ability for visa holders to stay in the country they work in. Oh, how about that? Sounds to me like some folks from India are going to have some problems here soon. Right? Well, maybe you should have discussed that with your CEO before he decided that he was going to launch all-out warfare on conservatives with regard to freedom of speech. And and he and I've and I've played his clip on my show a number of times. Parag has never been a fan, and he's already said it and 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 champions this attitude of we are not here to defend the Constitution. We are not here to defend constitutional rights. He has said those words have come out of his face. So sorry. We cannot do our work in an environment of constant harassment and threats. I mean, truly astounding. Like, this has been my reality, as well as many of my colleagues, for years. And some of you would say, well, why are you still on the, why are you still on the platform? Well, why are you? 
I'm there because my audience is there. Otherwise, I have no use for it, to be honest with you. I have no use for it outside of the fact that my audience and those who I would consider my professional family are there. So that's that's a very simple reason why I'm still there. I mean, I'm, I'm going wherever I can reach you, right? To the extent that I'm jumping through 20 different hoops a day to try to make sure that my content gets to people across many platforms because that's what it takes in order to distribute my content, right? Pretty hard to distribute it when you're constantly being harassed and threatened. Whew, without our work, there is no Twitter. See, this is where you realize that people's self-aggrandizement, self-importance has really taken over their entire person, right? There's no Twitter without us. Twitter can't survive. Well, that's going to be interesting to note that it will not only survive, but it will it will morph into something that I think is going to be very interesting, and it will absolutely thrive and survive. It will just simply be a very different uh, ecosystem and culture. We, the workers at Twitter, will not be intimidated. We recommit to supporting the communities, organizations, and businesses who rely on Twitter. Well, you have committed nothing to me, and you have never supported me in my efforts, so I debunk that. We will not stop serving the public conversation. Okay, the letter goes on to say, we call on Twitter management and Elon Musk to cease these negligent layoff threats. As workers, we deserve concrete commitment so we can, we deserve as workers. So they recognize their position in the relationship to uh, their incoming owner and management, right? As workers, we deserve concrete commitments so we can continue to preserve the integrity of our platform. Okay. We demand of current and future leadership. You ready? These are their demands. Number one, respect. We demand leadership to respect the platform and the workers who maintain it by committing to preserve the current headcount. We're demanding that you fire no one. You do as we say. You're going to adhere to our authority and our self-perceived power, right? Okay, number two, safety. We demand that leadership does not discriminate against workers on the basis of their race gender, disability, sexual orientation, or political beliefs. Now, that is hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You guys can't be serious. We need to get some Twitter folks in a space because this is insane. So political belief, we demand that leadership, I'm sorry, do you not feel safe? I'm sorry, I'm starting to act like a two-year-old myself. So these poor little people are so afraid because their their political beliefs are going to be, going to make them unsafe. <laughs> I mean, can you, uh, the irreparable harm that this platform has done to countless professionals, experts, you know, people who who are honest and true, who just wanted to get the truth out, not to mention our very own president just axed 
completely gone from the platform because of his political beliefs. <laughs> and these yahoos have the wherewithal. That's pretty amazing. Okay. We also demand safety for workers on visas who will be forced to leave the country they work in if they are laid off. Oh, I doubt it. There's plenty of places that would uh, that would take Twitter employees. Uh, protection. This is their third demand of, out of four. You ready? Protection. We demand Elon Musk explicitly commit to preserve our benefits, those both listed in the merger agreement and not, e.g. remote work. We demand leadership to establish and ensure fair severance policies for all workers before and after any change in ownership. Unbelievable. Dignity, last but not least, we demand dignity, transparent, prompt, and thoughtful communication around our working conditions. So in other words, when we say jump, you better ask, how high, and immediately, okay? We demand to be treated with dignity and to not be treated as mere pawns in a game played by billionaires. If Sincerely, Twitter workers. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the new America, which is 1,000% ushering us into not only what I believe is going to be an all-out recession of hell epic proportion, but I dare say a depression. You all better get ready. Make sure your storehouses are full, your hearts are full of your savior of order, decency, and understanding who you answer to by power and authority. Who is your authority? Who is your power? Who do you give your power to? This is just the beginning of the unraveling of this whole system, and I, for one, am very grateful. Speaking of, to hedge your hard-earned money, head over to MonicaProtectsWithGold.com and make some sound, sane decisions for you and your family for the pending and continuation of the implosion of a global economy. MonicaProtectsWithGold.com. Be good to your neighbor beginning your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.